excited to announce our first episode of the Leveled Up podcast. We talked about relationships, and this is such a dynamic topic. We broke it up into two different parts. Um, In this section, we're going to be talking about relationships in regards to others, and the three stages that we all go through when going through interaction. Are they at fault? Am I at fault? And what's the actual true story? Hope you guys enjoy. Okay. Okay. I'm glad we're here. I'm glad we're wrapping up on on this conversation. It was awesome. I think it was really great. We had a lot of people jumping in to Mm -hmm. talk. Um, I had a bunch of people come up to me afterwards just to say different scenarios. You know how it goes. Hey, I'm dealing with this. I'm dealing with that. So I think it's clearly a topic that is perfect for the podcast because it goes, it's universal. Mm -hmm. So what are we talking about today? So we're going to continue our conversation about relationships, and I think this is probably like a 10-part conversation, but we're just going <laughs> to break it up into two for right now, but don't be surprised if we do a third or fourth or fifth revisiting dealing with relationships kind of scenario. So um, the idea I think that we mainly talked about um, in Level Up was the idea that every time you look at an encounter or an interaction that you've had with another person, um, we tend to tell ourselves stories Mm -hmm. about those relationships. So basically, if there's three ways that you can talk about that, then the first one I think is probably the most common, um, depending on how you see yourself and other people. Mm -hmm. Um, But the first is where you're telling a story and you're very obviously the person who is in the right. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's how my stories start. (laughs) Yeah, and I think that's how we always start telling our stories, whether it's, um, you know, I can think of, you know, Cameron talking about interaction with he had that he had with somebody who cut him off on the highway, Mm -hmm. right? Whenever we tell stories about stuff that happens in traffic, we're always in the right, (laughs) right? Even when we know we're very, very wrong. We're always in the right. Right. And so when we're telling our, our friends and family about it, a lot of times when we tell the story is, you will not believe what this person did. And I did this and I was in the right. And this was what I said. And so a lot of times when we're telling those stories, the first time we kind of default to I'm the hero or I'm the one who was right or whatever or that the looks victim. like. Yeah, hero or victim. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's probably the other way to look at that first story is, can you believe what this person did to me? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So I don't know if you guys have any specific examples of what that looks like, but I think kind of in in my world anyway, a lot of times um, that's how I almost always look at client interactions. Mm-hmm. Right. So a lot of times if if I'm looking back and sometimes I'm saying, OK, why did this go one way instead of how I expected it to? The first time I tell that story, it's almost always, well, I worked really hard. I always recommend what's right for my clients. And I believe that I do, but that doesn't mean I'm right about everything. Mm-hmm. But I think that's kind of the default. Right, so right. what is what does it usually look like for you guys? Uh, I can probably point to a few occasions in recent history with my husband. <laughs> uh, I love him dearly. Uh, I say over and over again, he's the greatest thing that ever happened to me. However, there are times um, when in any relationship, you know, especially in a marriage when you're never the wrong person, uh, especially initially something goes wrong. Um, You know, we've had some work done at the house and it's, I'm the first, my first reaction is, well, I did everything I needed to do. 
why isn't this done this way? Or I did my best to communicate or this wasn't my part of, this wasn't my responsibility. And so I, I think it also comes back to me needing to have like really specific roles, but that's a side tangent. Um, I think it comes back to me being really limited on my capacities. And so the, my first thing I want to go to is, was I right or were they wrong? Yeah, I was just going to say this to not talk about what I do for work. But, you know, in the in the mortgage realm, when I make a referral out to somebody, perfect example, I made a referral out for a friend of a friend to get um, a second mortgage. Mm. This was a, a little while ago. And six weeks in the process, I find that it's going total rogue, total sideways. I wasn't kept in the loop of any of it. So now here I am backtracking and having conversations with both parties to say, what's the deal? And it's always that first conversation is, well, I'm right. This, 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 this. And it's always they're right, they're right, they're right. And then you get the other person in, they're right, they're right, they're right. It's just that initial thing that they wanted. Like, it's almost like you want to make your, your story and, and put, I don't want to use, I'm going to use the word blame here, but like we're putting the blame out on that other person right now. And yeah. it just said initial, yeah, that initial thing to be like, this is it, this is me, and yeah, this is what happened. I think that we, when we first start off sometimes in business too, because a lot of the times for the first, um, for the first few months or even first few years of starting a business, a lot of times it's the first time that we've ever really had to take full accountability mm-hmm. for ourselves. There's nowhere to hide. Yeah, because, I mean, I remember when I was in the service industry, which is just a fancy way of saying bartending. Um, <laughs> when I was a bartender, it was such a permeating culture of everything is somebody else's fault. Mm-hmm. Everything is yeah, somebody else's always. fault. It's my right. manager's fault because he didn't schedule enough people or he scheduled too many. Or it's the customer's fault because they sent food back when it was wrong and then didn't tip me. Yeah. Or it's the day shift's fault or it's the night shift's fault because they all got right. drunk and didn't clean anything. And, yeah. you know, or it's my, my boyfriend's fault because he doesn't support me. Or it's my parents' fault because they just ruined me from the start so I have no chance right. now. Right. right. So that's kind of the first story we tell ourselves. So I want to kind of transition that into the second story that we that we tell ourselves and sometimes that's just a you have a tendency to default to one or the other but the second story we tell ourselves is i'm the villain mm-hmm. and maybe it's not that dramatic maybe it's i underprepared or i neglected what i was supposed to or i was too emotional and i made that situation go sideways right so in a client situation martyr. for me maybe mm-hmm. that's you know i didn't prepare quite as much as i should have or I didn't role play that situation in advance. Or I totally missed something that they told me during that process. Right. Or I didn't read their body language correctly. Um, or on the very extreme side of things, and I know we'll go more into this the next time we talk about your relationship with yourself, is I'm a bad advisor. Mm-hmm. And I do a bad job. Mm-hmm. You know, So that's the most extreme part of that. But kind of along those lines, I think that as we transition from um, being a new business owner to all of a sudden you're really starting to take accountability for every single thing that you do because you know what you do and what you think dictates your results. I think a lot of times we 
go right past the center line and go straight to I'm taking accountability for everything and everything's going wrong. So maybe I'm the problem in every part of my (laughs) life. Um, And I think that's what that, what that turns out to be. Have you guys seen that as a transition now that we're kind of talking about that in your business? I think I'm way more this second option, Mm -hmm. um, which isn't healthy. Uh, I had some really, really challenging relationships in my life, um, in my family. And uh, I tended to never share the blame when it was a multifaceted, multi-generational kind of thing and everybody had blame in it. Um, But to try to make things right, I would just take it. I would just take all the blame and uh, put it all on myself. And that was incredibly unhealthy because one of the things that doesn't do is hold other people accountable for what your needs are from them. And I trained people to continue to treat me like shit. Um, Do we swear in this podcast? Absolutely. Shit. Okay, good. <laughs> Thank goodness. Off the Just table. making sure that we're all the same page. Megan Johnson's involved in the podcast. So there will be, there will be swearing. Do we need some sort of warning for this, Jason? I approve. <laughs> Jason approves. Okay, perfect. Um, but yeah, you it, it creates, I think, I think we'll talk about more of what negative things, I'm sure you have planned, what negative things come out of pointing at everybody else instead of yourself. But when you only point to yourself, my own experience is um, uh, you don't change. It's the, it's the same for them both now that I'm talking about them. Doing both of those um, first two stories, you're really not changing anything. Uh, you're really not getting to where you want to go. If you're not getting an outcome that you're happy with, you have to alter something to get to the outcome that you're happy with. And in scenario one, blaming everybody else, and, and scenario two, blaming only yourself, you're not going to create any change because you're isolating those those two things. Does yeah. No, it makes sense because, I, I mean, when I grew up, I found myself to be the constant, um, like, take it in, fixer. This is That's just the role that I assumed, whether it was meant to be or, or not meant to be. And now I, as, you know, a, a part of a, doing part of a business and being an entrepreneur, it's, like Danae said, you're accountable, you're accountable, you're accountable. And so that when you're doing all the right things and something's not going the way that you thought it was or whatever, that immediate turn into to fix or to the, the, the problem falls on, on you as a professional is a hundred percent of the time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> There's not even like, a, that's just me personally, but and that may be because of my upbringing, but it's still, it falls into what we're talking about where now I am the martyr. I'm the one mm-hmm. that messed that up. There was something that I missed. I, I didn't read the right body language. I didn't ask the right questions. There was something along those lines professionally that, you know, was missed. And that's automatically where where my where the mind goes. And I think it's really scary here in this area too, because I'm a huge proponent for you're 100% responsible for your own life. Like you are 100% responsible for what's going on, but that doesn't mean that you're 100% responsible for every outcome. Like sometimes it's just raining outside and that's not your fault. Like it's just raining. (laughs) It's not my fault that it's raining. I didn't create the rain, but that's a circumstance, but I'm responsible with what I do with that rain so mm-hmm. with the fact that it's raining and so i think sometimes people will use that idea that's really great you're 100 percent responsible for your own life which i believe in deeply but take it too far to the point of saying well then everything's my fault 
Yeah. I think sometimes <clears throat> while you're in this midst of starting something new, a lot of times we don't really know what we can control and what mm-hmm. we can't just yet. Yeah. Because you don't know how much is you and how much is other people. Mm-hmm. So I think that what we're all trying to do is just get to the place of um, – conscious competence yes right like we've talked about before and if you don't know what i'm talking about then we're more than happy to go into detail about this at a later point and we 100 will 100 another will. podcast topic <laughs> for sure but once you're at the point of conscious competence and what i mean by that is you know that if you do certain things you get a certain result so you've taken accountability up to the point that you know that your actions have a certain effect. Mm-hmm. So if you know that you're doing what you can to create the results that you're looking for, then any other variables aren't on you. And they're noise. Yeah, they're noise or mm-hmm. they're people. Yeah. <laughs> right? Because we can control what we do up to a point. <coughs> Excuse me. But we can't control what other people are going to do. I mean, in sales... And in, you know, closing conversations and things like that, for the most part, we know what to say to get somebody to say something in particular. We know there's probably a few different responses they might have, but we can only control what we do Yeah, up to that point. That's brilliant. Right. So basically that's my lead into the third story is if you're recounting something that happened to you, an interaction or a relationship or something that went on, if the other party in that interaction was there in the room and they heard you tell that story, then they would say that sounds about right. Yeah. So the third story is either that sounds about right or both parties being accountable for what actually happens. Yeah. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. So maybe in a client interaction in my scenario, that's, you know what? I know that I did the best I could on this part, this part, and this part. But you know what? I really didn't step it up on my Mm follow-up. I didn't do everything as quickly as I should have. I should have communicated a little bit better. That much is on me. But the whole interaction didn't go badly because of who I am as a person. Mm -hmm. Right. Right? You can understand that, you know what? Maybe these clients weren't very responsive and so we didn't get things through on time. And that part is on them. Right. No? So looking and seeing, okay, what story am I telling myself when we're looking at any interactions? And sometimes you go through a process of telling yourself all three. Yeah. <laughs> I think that happens to in me a lot of the time. In rapid succession. Yeah, in rapid succession. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're the worst. Nope, I'm the worst. Nope, we're both the worst. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes both the pits. The whole yeah, thing both is the pits. Yeah, that's sometimes how that goes. But I think, sorry, Megan, I'll let you go in a second. The key thing that I really want to point out about what you just said is going back and being able to identify that as not the end of the world. Here's what I can improve next time. And hey, maybe let's take five minutes just to write it down so it doesn't happen again. Or ask myself some questions. How can I? How could I have made that better? And now take that on and just apply it to your next one versus living in the state of um, perpetual failure, which... Guilty as charged, folks. Guilty as charged. But um, I think that's a really impo- important thing to take out of this is when you can take take it to that third story and identify it, saying, you know, hitting it from both sides. Okay, yeah, now and now go apply it instead of living in the perpetual cycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of it is context, too, because it's a lot 
easier to tell yourself that third story when you're not dealing with external factors. Mm-hmm. So if you're going into a client interaction, and this is this is personal to be, I'll be a little bit vulnerable about this because this is something I really, really struggled with. If you have um, emotional volatility issues, <laughs> we'll say anyway, um, and especially if you're coming from a place where especially as a new business owner, you just need to close business. You need to close business. You want to help people. But every time something doesn't go through, it feels like the end of the world. Well, you take it so personally, too, yeah. as opposed to when you work for some giant named company, mm-hmm. um, it's really easy to just feel like a cog. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you are your, a business owner, when you are running your own you know, business or even side gig or anything, it is personal because you have done every inch of the work to get there. Mm-hmm. So I completely understand why people feel that way. And I think Sarah's exactly right. You have to continue to push yourself through the process to to where you get to that third conversation. And I think a, a problem that I've had in the past significantly, which I touched on, was I stayed in that second conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the ways that really helped me move from the second conversation to the third conversation is having that that really close group of people that I can trust to hold me accountable, keep me honest, and help me move to that third conversation. Um, because it's really easy to sit in, no, it's none of my fault, it's not my fault. And it's really easy to sit in, it's all of my fault because I don't have to call anybody else out. And third, and then and get to that third place where you're like, okay, so what's real here and what's not real? I think um, accountability with another honest third party is really good. I will say I've had a lot of success um, with journaling it out. Yeah, and, and, coming back. and coming back to it later. So doing a brain dump of the situation. Don't matter if you're staying in, in story one, story two, doing a little bit of both, closing it, and then re- coming back to it maybe the next day and reading it. And now you have a much clearer brain mm-hmm. about, oh, okay, yeah, no, I totally see this. And now we can transition into story three to get you to where you need to make those uh, changes, if, Great tip. if any of them. Thank you. How do you get there, Danae? How do I get to story three? Mm-hmm. A lot of times I really have to give it some time. I have to take a step away from whatever situation I'm in. And a lot of times I have to go through a dramatic state change. Yeah. So yeah. for me, because I really tend to get caught up in story two. Mm-hmm. That's my default. Um, it's not a great place to sit. You um, don't say that with pride? <laughs> story two. No. Story two. <laughs> no, I tend to I tend to take on a lot of it because um especially when it's something um where it's not just a cut and dry situation, if if I'm not sure what people are thinking and why they're making the decisions that they do, I definitely default to not only am I bad or did I do something wrong, they also hate me. <laughs> right that's that's my default so and it's it's really hard to get out of that so for me I really have to take a step back and figure out how to get my mind to the right place so that I can actually evaluate it Mm -hmm. from a place of what's what's real yeah and sometimes I'll use you guys as a sounding board and I I like that you mentioned that too because if when I say dramatic state change I mean if I'm sitting on the couch and wallowing like I I have to get out of the house I have to get out of the house. I have to go for a run. I run slow, but it counts. (laughs) Steps, baby, steps. Because if you saw me running, you'd be like, is she running? (laughs) Stop it. She's wearing ankle weights or something. (laughs) Um, 
you know, I have to go, I have to do something like that. Or even if it's, I know this sounds silly, but I'll even sleep for 10 minutes because then my mind just switches to something else so that when I wake up, something's different. Yeah, I like that. Just shaking it up. Get yourself out of that momentum. Yeah. It's changing that momentum, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, this is not a, a, a pitch to any of the free apps, but um, somebody introduced me to the Insight Timer. And they're really, really, really short guided or not guided meditation. Some mm-hmm. of it's just music. And I have found that if I just put that on and just even go outside, whether I'm walking, sitting outside, just getting my, remove yourself from that situation, yeah. it helps tremendously. And I like them is because they're like literally nine minutes max. So yeah. you're not taking ch- large chunks of your day mm-hmm. to go slow-mo running. And sometimes you just have to figure <laughs> out whether it's slow-mo running. Like Baywatch. I think that's what, that's what I like to <laughs> That's what I imagine it looks like. It does. 100% does. It's It's only because I wear a bright red one piece every time. Yes. Every time I go running. You know, Stella's so embarrassed every time I go. Stella's a dog. Stella is a dog and she's not embarrassed. I'm not her actual mom, just her dog mom. So um, that's why, you know, when we talk about using somebody as a sounding board, you have to use somebody as a sounding board who's right for the situation too. Right. Because sometimes yes, if you have somebody who will only give you tough love, then that might not help based on the state you're in. Right. If you're in a state of I'm bad, everything is bad, tough love might not be the right spot for you. Right. There was a viral YouTube. I I don't even know who the interviewers were reading a story. I don't know where it came off of, but some young woman at work got some of her work edited because she spelled a word incorrectly. And it was like legitimately incorrectly spelled word. The way the story went, she called her mom like on speakerphone in the middle of the office and her mom's like just taking her side like if you spell that word that way honey then you just spell that word that way and so like let me talk to your boss and so there's all like please nobody do that please nobody do that don't call your mom from work and tell her to talk to your boss um <laughs> so but, <I> <laughs> please don't do that but the the it's the other side of what you're saying is there's also people that just want to they out of love for you they just want to bolster you and pump you up and you're like no you were great you were wrong you weren't wrong and mm-hmm. so you have to be careful of that that's a really good point i hadn't thought of that yeah i think picking somebody that is particularly self-aware is a good a good partner in this uh venture if you're looking to get something that's a little bit honest yeah and i think the three of us do something really well with each other for you guys that don't, aren't here with us every day, we mastermind together once a week with a few other amazing ladies, ladies that you'll hear from later. And uh, that's one of the things we talk about. What do we need? And we will say that, like, I just really need some honest feedback about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's been invaluable to me, too. I'm sure you guys, too. To yeah. Okay. So let's do a, a summary wrap up. Uh, we're talking about relationships with others. Three stories you tell yourself usually, right? First story, Danae. The first story is I'm right. Everybody else is wrong. <laughs> the second story. I'm wrong and probably bad as a person. <laughs> and the third story. The third story is if somebody heard you tell it and they were part of the situation, they'd say that sounds about right. Great. I think those are great. And the key is to move from the first story to the third story. Yeah. Or through 
However, get to that third story. Yeah, I think that's the only way you'll ever actually be able to look at a situation and tell what's real or not. It's funny because when we, you hear all of these studies about how it's a, such a small percentage of what we remember is actually true. Mm-hmm. That That's so interesting to me because it feels real when I think about situations. But if you look from somebody else's point of view or you look at the the way in which you're looking at the situation in the first place. And one of the things that we didn't bring up, which um, we could talk about it just for a second, was one of my favorite quotes. And I still don't know who said it. I'm going to do some Googling later and figure it out. So sorry for not giving credit. But um, when you're wearing rose-colored glasses, red flags just look like flags. Mm-hmm. So that. it's, yeah, it's one of my favorites because it describes that wherever you're coming from perception-wise, whatever lens you're looking through, it completely colors the entire situation. So whether that makes things that are bad look good or things that are good look bad, which I think that for for some of us um, that tends to be the case, mm-hmm. is this isn't actually a bad situation, but it feels bad, so it has to be bad. Right. right? Well, perception's reality. Yeah. So that's, that's one of the big points I wanted to make when it comes to that, too. So, yeah, I guess kind of just in wrap-up, um, you know, sometimes we have to evaluate, okay, how is it that I'm actually looking at this story? Say, how much of this is real? is this fair to the other person and can we come to some sort of agreement of this is fair this is real this is how this actually happened mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah thanks for sharing that Denise. yeah of course hey guys we really appreciate you listening to the podcast and what we really need is for you to like subscribe comment share and let us know what you think and share it with everybody that you want to help level up their life too so until the next episode Thanks.